0: Jason, how are you doing this week? I'm good, Chris. How about you? I can't complain. You know, it's, it's, um, like we are busy with life. Like, <laughs> it just seems like yeah. the further, I know fall break's coming up. I know that our family is looking forward to that. I think the break is, which is crazy because it's just like just the other day, weren't we just talking about like, oh, it's the end of summer, like, duh. Right. Right. Like,. <laughs> Now we can't wait to get fall break. Yeah, I'm like fall break, and yeah. then like, and then the holidays are on the backside of that. It was like, oh my goodness, like this year, is like just the year's almost done, flying by. Yeah. yeah, so just a lot of life. How about you? Same. I mean, we're, yeah, we're just cruising through
1: the fall and volleyball season, which has been fun. Yeah, um, you know things like that, and yeah, I mean we're uh, we're firing up some more around uh, the uncommons. Yes. You know, things are starting to kind of coalesce and come together with that this fall, Super which is excited kind of fun. About that. Yeah. We're kind of putting the finishing touches on business plan and uh, number, pro forma type stuff. Yeah. Um, to begin, you know, talking about the dream becoming reality here That's in the community. That's exciting. And That's so, exciting. grateful for, you know, guys like you and Mark and Michael who are, you know, on the board. And, yeah. you know, we got a ton of advisors in the community who are speaking into it as well. Right. And, you know, just, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. am excited about I'm, that. You know, COVID kind of took the wind out of the sails for me a little bit because we for started that? talking about it before yeah. then. But, um, yeah, it's starting to pick up a little steam. That's exciting. So kind of cool. Excited about that. It's amazing so. how
0: long – I mean, even every business owner, I think, goes through it. But it's amazing how long that um, sometimes things – what you think is going to take, like – it's going to take off, like, next week, right? Right. Tends up turning into, like, two years. It's right. like
1: – Man, can this drag out any longer? I mean, or, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, know, you say things that. like, oh, you know, it's the slow road. Right. Like, okay, but slower, it's, it'd still be like 25 miles an hour. Right, right. right. Not traffic jam. Right. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> right. not, that's a, that's a stopped road. Yeah, you know, that's not right. out there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're curious about the Uncommons, um, you can go to uncommonsgw.com, mm-hmm. um, see more on the website, and yeah. uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram.
0: And if you have LinkedIn, questions about it, connect um, with us. We're looking we're looking for help and excited. Yeah, we're, excited we're about starting to expand
1: leadership. We're yeah. looking for partners, champions. Um, I mean, basically, I, I guess if this is the first time somebody's hearing about it, we should say something, what Uncommons is, oh, right? Oh, yes, yes. Um, so it's a new nonprofit here in the community mm-hmm. on Southside Indy that we want to bring um, an environment, a space to, uh, to our community mm-hmm. that... Um, the sole purpose behind the nonprofit is how do we strengthen our community? Right. You know, and so we we believe that can happen in two very, you know, broad ways. And one is through stronger businesses. Correct. You know, if we've got, um, you know, I heard somebody this morning make comment, you know, all the cool stuff goes in the north side. Right. <laughs> all the new stuff goes in the north side. You right. Know? Why don't we get any cool stuff? We're bringing cool stuff to the South side. That's what we're doing. (laughs) know (laughs) it. But how can we, you know, uh, some business incubator, co-working, you know, officing space, um, how can we, you know, bring uh, stronger business to the South side? And then the other side is families. Mm -hmm. If we can build stronger relationships, strengthen our families, strengthen our businesses, we can strengthen our community. Right, and so that is the purpose. That is the direction that we're headed, through some co-working space, some gathering space, some yep. event space, um, you know, some food and drink. I mean, yeah. um, we've got we've got something in the works that is nowhere in Indiana, not even on the north side. Wow. Yeah. So I love let's this. do it, right? Know. I'm
0: super excited about this. And <laughs> It'll you, be the first, not yeah. even, you know, not even like, oh, hey, it's been a horse for three. if that information just energizes you and you get super excited about it and you want to get involved, like, make sure you reach out to us. Yeah, yeah, because we are definitely passionate about yeah. it. I mean, this—if you love bringing ideas
1: to life that improve your community, call oh, or yeah. at us. Yes, for no sure, no doubt. Make sure yeah. we'll
0: do lunch, yeah. we'll do coffee, something. Okay, so let's okay. move on. Yeah, we'll get so, back to it. <laughs> We get we get excited. We got a
1: we got a really good interview today. Yes, uh, we do. coming up, and um, yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover. So we'll just we'll just
0: yeah. Up. So let's make sure we hit our second voice because yes. we were started with that last week. Yeah, we covered the nurture. And last So week. we want to hit the creative. Yes, today. So, so the,
1: tell us a little bit about that. Creative voice is just a little bit louder than our nurture. Okay. Okay. Um, still quite likely in a team environment, you know, around a table to mm-hmm. um, to not speak up. A okay. um, lot of times you have to pull that out of a, of, a, of a creative. Now, first off, let's let's say creative does not mean artistic. Okay. Okay? Oh, yeah. A lot that's of people hear the creative voice like, oh, yeah, I'm not creative. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's not what we're talking about. Okay? okay? Doesn't just mean paintbrush, guitar, whatever, you know. Right. Um, creative is a champion of future ideas. Okay. okay? So creativity can be anywhere from problem solving to new processes to, um, you know, just seeing something coming down the road going, oh, we got to... We either got to jump at that opportunity, or we got to jump out of the way of that obstacle. And here's some ideas of how to get how to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it, you know, creativity can come in so many different forms. Right. And so, uh, future ideas, innovation, organizational integrity. And uh, creatives are very concerned about, um, you know, do we does our walk match our talk? Mm-hmm. Does this, you know, are we who we say we are? Yeah. When we meet with a client, or we have this interaction in the community. Are we being authentic and, and true to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you're not going to run into a lot of creatives in the world. First voice creatives are about nine percent of the population. Oh wow. Okay, so forty three percent nurtures. You're likely that you probably you know, know. You know somebody. Yeah. Um, creatives, you might have to look a little harder for. It's huh. a little more rare as a first creative first voice. Okay. Okay. Um, creatives are very future oriented. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of the five voices are very present oriented. Mm -hmm. Three of them are future oriented. Okay. Um, But the creative is the most future
0: oriented of the three. So they're more a quiet person and they're more future.
1: Yes. Okay. And so that kind of comes into, you know, as a creative, when you're communicating, sometimes you're communicating about something so far down the road that only you see. Hmm. Okay. So your nurturers, your guardians, your pioneers and connectors – they just haven't seen it yet, and so you might be huh. talking about an opportunity or an obstacle coming down the road that you're like, "We got to do something about this," and they're like, "What, what are, you are you talking, talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, and so they shut they shut it down, mm-hmm. and so the creative is hesitant to speak up hmm. the next time. Yeah, they're like, you know, I mean, if you got somebody on your team that was like, Yeah, hey, I was talking about that three years ago." Right. I'm glad y'all finally caught up with me. Right. <laughs> it's, it's probably because they were creative, saw something coming, mm-hmm. and the rest of the team was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. And so one of the ways you can empower and liberate a creative on your team to mm-hmm. help them feel free to live into the value of their voice mm-hmm. is to say, okay, I hear what you're saying. I don't quite understand it. So tell me a little more. Mm-hmm. And you help them kind of refine and refresh because those ideas are going to be very abstract. Yeah. They're, they're so far in the future related that they're going to come out abstract and they're going to feel, you know, like, hey, let's refine this idea. Yeah. Let me ask some clarifying questions. Right. And, you know, and, and you probably should state that up front of like, hey, I'm not being critical about right. what you're saying. I want you to help me understand this better. Mm-hmm. And that frees up a creative to live right. into their
0: voice. And so, you know, believe in them. So this, I mean, and this definitely... Um, I think that one of the reasons why we focus on this and we're revisiting this again is once again, like culture is huge, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have these tools in our toolbox to figure this out and we don't have the right culture, it's hard to use the tools. Absolutely. So in this predict with, with the creative and the nurturer, with the people that are, have a tendency to be quiet, because I mean, I know that I have. I guarantee you I've talked to a creative about something that was wrong and I had not a clue. Like, they told me that there was a problem Mm -hmm. and I was like, whatever, you're joking, (laughs) right? right? Like, it's hard to take it serious because like you said, I didn't see it. So it's a great... Uh, we want to make sure that we mm-hmm. revisit the fact that this is these things are very important in the right framework culture of your business, right. and just making sure that you're taking the time to create this culture, mm-hmm. and then using these tools so that you can help eliminate some of these problems that right. might be coming.
1: Right. I mean, the creatives feel that ripple at the edge of the pool, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I know, um, I, I'll just start. Out. I'm a first voice creative. Mm-hmm. And so I know I've had instances in the past where somebody's like, uh, where I'll say, you know, I just feel like something is shifting. Something mm-hmm. is changing. Yeah. We need to keep our eye on this. Well, show me some data. Like, there pre- is no data yet.
0: It's just, it's a ripple at the edge of the pool. I'm pretty sure I've sat in the room with you and went, whatever. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: And so if you believe in your creatives, Right. And allow them to share their ideas, to share share that abstract intuition, kind of gut check mm-hmm. feeling, right. um, and create a space. Like you said, you know, value this tool. Right. And it's okay to be wrong. Right. You know. I mean.
0: Uh, right. Um, you know. Which, at any one of these voices, right? If you have a culture where you recognize, hey, this is what I'm seeing, even if they are wrong, or even if you diverted it and it now is wrong because you've been able to fix it or deal with it differently. Mm-hmm. And Hey, that's a great place to be in. Right. And one of the
1: things that I have to do is slow myself down because uh-huh. things that I see coming on the horizon, I'm like, we got to get this changed for tomorrow. Right. <laughs> really it's next year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause and you're so, seeing
0: stuff a lot further out.
1: Yeah. And so allowing, you know, and, and I, and I have to be willing to let go of some things uh-huh. because you know, it might be seven years down the road, and something that happens in year three that kind of redirects another direction. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's always this kind of moldability to, you know, what's coming down the road that, you know, creatives need to have with open hands right. kind of thing. So, totally. um, But like we talked about last week, there is um, a weapon system mm-hmm. that goes along right, with is, your voice. You have you know? to recognize these. Yeah. And so um, the <laughs> – this, this is so fun <laughs> – the uh, weapon system for a creative right. uh, is called the Hulk. Okay. You know, Hulk smash, right? Right. <laughs> you know, mild manner, Bruce Banner. Right. <laughs> and then Hulk, oh, yeah. Oof. And so <laughs> creatives can be in, a, in an environment, and some of their triggers, some of the stresses that come in are where the values, remember we said they're, they want to know that the organization is who they say they are. Mm-hmm. The, the walk matches the talk. Right. Right. And if those things are being ignored or trampled on, mm-hmm. that can trigger the creative. Mm. Because once you start trampling on the integrity of the organization, what's coming down the road that the creative sees? I have not a clue. Ruin.
0: Yes, I mean that's true.
1: You you know you trample on the integrity of your organization. You're going to kill your you're, organization. You're to the foundation. Right. Yes, yeah. but you know in the moment everybody's like, oh, it's just this one instance. Yep. <laughs> and the creative's like, no, <laughs>
0: right? right.
1: <laughs> um, or you know, the creatives, uh, people that they feel responsible for. that are under their leadership or under their care, Mm -hmm. if those people are being treated badly, they will, you know, the Hulk can come out in a creative. Or integrity again, if someone breaks a promise. Mm. If someone breaks a promise to a creative that can that can trigger again. Yeah. And so the the creative will just kind of explode like the hulk in a team meeting and you know you guys just don't get it and blah 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 and right. you know we're headed toward ruin or you know we're missing opportunities or you know I just don't feel you know like you're hearing me. Right. And it's over and everybody walks out of it going anybody know what just happened? Right. <laughs> Cuz it was probably, you know, yeah. some abstract conceptual thinking that, um, you know, Was. they were trying to tie together in a, you know, in a Hulk smash moment. And right. yeah, so that's, I'm,
0: I'm glad we're going over some of the triggers. Cause I mean, like, I'm sure that there's plenty of times where, uh, I don't know that we've talked about the triggers. Uh, this is the first time I think, I think we uh, touched on it s- briefly maybe. when we did this once. Before. But yeah, like, yeah. I think that if we have, even if there's some of the general ideas of some of this stuff, like it's good to know that that's going on because uh-huh. Like if you're in a meeting and it does explode like that, this oh, yeah, there, there's a problem there. Let's deal with that and help right. in a healthy format. Obviously, once again, right, bringing that culture, a healthy culture.
1: Yeah, and the danger in that is that it brings ambiguity. Yeah, that they don't know who that was directed at. Mm-hmm. They just know you went over the top and you exploded, and mm-hmm. they didn't quite understand why? why or what it was about or what the desired outcome. Right, it just creates ambiguity. And how do you fix it? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So here's something interesting about the creatives. Okay. Creatives can lean more toward a relational bent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got a lot of n- nurture in there. Or they can lean more toward task and have uh, some some pioneer influence in their creative voice. Okay. okay. And because of that, the weapon system shifts. So All this right. is the only voice that actually has two different weapon systems based on your on your bent okay. in life. Okay? So the other weapon system is a sniper rifle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Hulk is about everybody in the room. And probably everybody outside the room, too. Right. (laughs) The sniper rifle will be a a creative pioneer, somebody that has a lot of pioneer in them, will be directed at one person. Mm. And even around the room, you don't know that that weapon was unleashed until that person kind of hits the floor. (laughs) And everybody else around the table is like, oh, something... Something just happened, right? What was that? What was and it? And why has that person been destroyed? <laughs> <laughs> and so the 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 triggers then for that pioneer uh, influenced creative mm-hmm. is more around incompetence and inefficiency. Okay. Okay. Um, or arrogance. Mm-hmm. If somebody is too arrogant on a team, and it's got to be their way or the how you know, right. um, people appearing to dismiss your ideas because mm-hmm. it is conceptual and it gets dismissed quickly, and you know, you didn't take time to really hear the idea, right. um, or exaggerating the truth. Mm. You know, if you're talking about quarterly statistics and, oh, yeah, Q3 in 2018, we did a 47% increase, mm-hmm. and that's clearly a fish story, right? <laughs> an exaggeration of the truth, or, you know, it could be around anything else, you know, right. that um, that can set that off. And hmm. the the creative pioneer bent will target that one person mm-hmm. and take them out at the knees, Right, <laughs> and everybody's going. What just happened to Jim? You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it happened so quick and so fast. Right, and uh, you know, and so those are those are some of the dangers that a creative voice can bring to the table. Hmm. Um, but like you were saying earlier, so much value as well. Yes, yeah, so, so for sure. Remember, the point of the voices is to understand who you have on your team. Right, value that voice and what they bring to the table, right. and help channel and harness that power it is so true and you know
0: it can it can bring huge huge change to in effect in effect absolutely so much benefit so much benefit yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: relationally the the team's better organizationally that is better Everybody's everything better improves at that point mm-hmm. so yeah cool so let's move on to our yes interview how's that sound that sounds good so we've got we, a
0: we've got a rock star coming yeah and so you want to introduce her? A
1: young professional in the real estate world, uh-huh. Rachel Patterson. Yes. She is the team leader um, for the Patterson Collective
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and has only been in the business barely two years, yeah. slightly over two years, and has blown the doors off of it. So, I am um, looking forward to chatting with yeah, her. I we're going to learn sure. more about her journey of um, yeah, where she's been where she's going. Yes. And it's, it's going to be super insightful. So, so stay, stay tuned. We'll be back just a Hi, Rachel. Hi.
2: How are you? Good.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Thank thanks you. Thanks for joining us yeah, today. Thanks yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. T- start us off uh, with a little bit of uh, history about you. Tell us a little bit about your journey and where you come from and where yeah. you're at today.
2: Yeah. Um, so my name is Rachel Patterson. I am a local realtor team leader in the area. Um, I, apart from a short stint of where I grew up in England, I have mostly been in Greenwood my whole life since I was seven. Um, went to Center Grove Schools loved it i cheered while i was there Um, met my husband there still best friends with all my best friends from sixth grade we all stayed around the area um have a very yeah very unique community in that aspect that i'm really thankful for um i after i graduated from center grove i went to johnson university previously johnson bible college right outside of uh, knoxville tennessee i got a bachelor's degree in human services. Mm -hmm. Then got married after I graduated. We moved back here, um, went to Indiana Wesleyan, and got my master's degree in marriage and family therapy. Uh, So I went to school for seven years for a degree that I used for seven months. (laughs) 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 Um, But you know, sometimes that's just, the path that the Lord takes you on and it is what it is. Right? right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I guess that leads me into how I got into real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked for a um, what's it called? Like a mental health agency in mm-hmm. Greenwood <clears throat> and um, did that for seven months and it was just Honestly, I couldn't do it to be transparent. I'm a very I'm a very empathetic person. I
1: mm-hmm.
2: have always I always feel people's energies when they walk into the room and it got to the point where um I would go home and I would say am I depressed or am I just taking that on mm-hmm. from my clients? Which is a real right.
0: conversation. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely.
2: I could not distinguish between my own emotions and theirs because I'm so empathetic. empathetic. As per, Yes. right. Um, good insight. Yeah, well, I mean ha- my therapy degree, right? right? I hope that I have that's good what, insight. That's,
0: that's what I helped with, right?
2: <laughs> I got about 30 K of debt that says I should have good insight. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's too funny. That's
2: great. Um, so I ended up just quitting. I mean, I, to be transparent, could not get out of bed in the morning. And if mm. you know me, you know that that's not me. Like, mm-hmm. I am very I love life. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a very outgoing person. I love to have fun and that's just not me. So my husband agreed and was like, yeah, this isn't I had no idea what I was going to do next. Absolutely right. no idea. Um, and then I so I quit my job. That was two weeks before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the midst of COVID, I started my own, well, tried to start my own personal development coaching business mm-hmm. um, because I felt so pressured to use my degree, right? Mm. Like I said, I have mm. this debt. I've, I've spent so much time and right. energy investing Seven in this. Seven years is a long time. Yeah, a long yeah. time. Investing into this one specific area and felt like I needed to use that. So I was going to use it instead to help people focus on their futures instead of diving into their past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and. That's really good. Yeah. Well, I thought it was. Right. <laughs> and then I, I, I mean, I created a website. I launched this entire business, figured out my packages, my high ticket items, all of that stuff. And it launched and I was like, I still don't want to do this. Oh, like, hmm. I just, I, I don't, this isn't what I want to do. Um, throughout my life, I mean, even from high school, I remember having a mentor who was like, you should really look into real estate. Like my whole life, people have said like, have you thought about real estate? And really? it just, mm-hmm. yeah, like kind of like a buzzword that every so often in the back of my mind, I would I would hear. Um, my, uh, Our realtor that we used um, posted on Facebook in June of 2020 um, that he was looking for more agents to join his team. Mm-hmm. So I took a three-week intensive course in... July, passed both my exams the first time, got licensed August 1st, sold my first house August 1st, um, and it's been a whirlwind from there. And so from August 1st of 2020 to August 1st of 2021, I sold exactly 40 houses, 8.3 million, and I actually unofficially hold the record in the state of Indiana for the most homes sold their rookie year of real estate. Wow. Um, Wow. And that 40th home, that we closed on on August first of 2021 was our first investment property, so truly couldn't have even imagined the change that my life took okay. in a year wow. drastically. So right, yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's not the common COVID story of my right. life.
0: <laughs> like just <laughs> quite the it was on a rocket, not on the. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, quite the opposite. <laughs> wow,
0: <laughs> wow. So when you were in um, the your job for seven months mm-hmm. what were you working on what were you working like with kids ther- yeah so therapy? i was
2: um actually the, i mean i think i can can i say this i don't know i was i'll keep it what, what was your job less title? specific yeah um staff therapist and okay. i was uh at a local high school in the area okay so i was working okay. with teenagers teenagers yeah. okay yeah because
0: so, gotcha. The, they're they're a they're a hard cookie to crack. Anyway, I've I, I've worked with them yeah. on a lockdown psych unit. Okay, so I I got I feel your pain yep. when it's there's there's a lot to Definitely.
2: do there. Definitely, yeah. I will say I prefer teenagers over any other age <coughs> group. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I coached sixteen to eighteen year old girls in competitive cheerleading. Oh wow, I love teenagers. I'm like, give me all your teenagers mm-hmm. with attitudes, and I will. I just. I love it because they're so, um, they're young enough that they're still searching for people to mold them, Mm -hmm. but they're old enough that they're just like incredibly transparent. And I think it's this beautiful window of life that you can really just like. (laughs) I don't
0: think I've heard anybody talk about a teenager with a beautiful window of life. Between us, we've got four teenagers. You're welcome to... I'll
2: take them. I think we're going to have a different conversation
0: after this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious about, you had people speaking into your life saying, Mm -hmm. real estate, real estate, real estate. Why? I mean, before that finally clicked, why do you think you were like, eh?
2: I'm feel like I'm going to open a different can of worms of conversation topics, but we're going to because... rename the podcast
1: can of worms. <laughs> Great. <so.
2: laughs> I-, I love that. Um, because the current secondary education system basically tells you, you can go into business, you can go into healthcare, you can be a teacher and there are no other options. Hmm. Like we do a horrible job. I mean, it's been 10 years since I was in high school. So maybe it's gotten a little bit better, but in my opinion, we do a horrible job of actually telling teenagers all of the options that are out there there. Mm -hmm. yeah like if i knew i could go to kelly school of business and get a degree in entrepreneurship with a minor in marketing all day like i'm Hmm. i'm there all day but no one told me that you know Mm -hmm. i you just you don't know what you don't know
0: and there's so many um to your point like there's so many different like even in therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different avenues in therapy that you can go yeah. with multiple different, um, there's multiple businesses out there that are in therapy, yep. but they're in th- different, different specifications, kinds, yes, yeah. different, different, um, age ranges, yep. different, I mean, like there's all kinds of different yep. things. So, and then entrepreneurship, like oh, goodness, Yeah. we talk about it all day long. I think we, I don't, we rarely hit the same thing. Um, some of the basics are there, but right. we mm-hmm. talk to so many people with different entrepreneurial sides yeah wow that's I completely agree because yeah. there's there's so many different facets mm-hmm. to this stuff, yeah, yeah,
2: and I feel like too <coughs> real estate in and of itself just has such a stigma, and I do feel like it is getting better, but you will still have honestly mainly in older generations people who don 't think that they need a realtor and mm-hmm. there's people are like oh it's Susie's third career and right. like blah, blah 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 like there's such a stigma around like realtors are just lazy people who don't know what <laughs> they want to do with their life and they get paid too much money right. and i'm like please follow me around for a day and you will never think that i get paid too much money it's it's or all about yeah it's yeah. all about what you do with it so i think there's there's a little bit of that too. Like, there's such a stigma around that profession, and so it's just not widely talked about. Mm-hmm. People tend to just fall into it.
0: So, do you think with the, your empathy side of your life, you, that's why you were leaning towards counseling or towards the therapy side of things? Is I that think what so. was the draw for that?
2: I think so. I think so. Yeah. Then,
0: so then, the real estate kind of came to you after the seven-month job, or did? how did How did you realize that yeah. somebody these these little nuggets have been dropped in your life at different points to bring you back to real estate
2: when um our realtor posted on Facebook, and okay, like literally that was it. He was like, "I need more people to join my team. We have more leads than we can keep up with." And I talked to my husband, and he was my sweet, sweet husband. He was at the time, like, you know what? We're just going to see what sticks here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just going to go for it Why until not? something sticks. Well, yeah. it's
0: awesome that you hit it then. I mean, uh, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you could have gone through like 10 or 20 things before. Oh, yeah. Heavens. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what I did. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So
1: how does the empathy play a role in real estate, then, you think?
2: Oh, I use my therapy degree every day, every single day. Um, I really one of the things that I pride myself most on is asking my clients the hard questions. Um, you won't, you will see me with my clients. We are in a house. It's, it's maybe that this doesn't happen often cause I kind of try to get in there and get it done. But maybe we've seen 10, 15 houses. They're exhausted.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
2: stressed because they, they can't find their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're feeling really discouraged mm-hmm. and they'll be like, okay, this house meets our needs. You know, yeah. well, we'll move forward with this house. And I will look at them and I will say, guys, are we settling?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What, what is happening in life right now that's making you want to spend $400,000 on something that you don't like that much? Mm-hmm. And diving into that with them. Because the last thing that I want is two years later for my clients to be like, yeah, we use Rachel, we really like her, but we hate our house. that's not good marketing. It doesn't matter how much they liked me. Um, And I truly just genuinely care. Like I love, I'm a weirdly passionate about homes and architecture and interior design. And I want people to be surrounded by an environment and an aesthetic that brings them peace if that's what they need that motivates them if that's mm. what they need like i feel like your home can really be so many things for you mm-hmm. and it's really important to me that people find what that fit is for them
0: that's really in depth for a house but i totally agree <laughs> yeah <laughs> it yeah. is i mean i know that our house like that's my sanctuary like that's yeah. mm-hmm. i need it my wife decorates it and, mm-hmm. and I, it's that's where my happy spot 100%. is 100% and so like but i don't think people think about that when they go looking to buy a house, if that makes sense. I think it's shifted a little bit during COVID. Do you think
1: that people are seeing their houses a little bit different after having to spend (laughs)
2: lockdown in them? Yeah. (laughs) People definitely are making, like you said, their house much more their sanctuary. They're putting a lot more financial investment into Mm -hmm. it because they feel like more of their time is going to be spent there. Um, I do think that has changed. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, you're just a couple of years into real estate. Mm-hmm. You're blowing the doors off of it, setting unofficial records, right? <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Something like that.
1: What are, what are some things in the world of real estate that, you know, like, I mean, I've been married for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. We've only bought two homes in that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't do it frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and
2: yeah.
1: one of us would rather never do it again. <laughs> And one of us would be like, I hmm, wonder what's new out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what do, what do couples like me, or maybe it's first time home buyers, what do we need to know about the industry right now, especially coming out of COVID because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, all the norms have changed. Yeah. So what, yeah. and what are some things we need to watch out for? Or, you yeah. know?
0: And there's a lot of discussion out there in the media about it. So what, mm-hmm. yeah. what, what mm-hmm. would you bring to yeah. somebody?
2: So I think a couple things <clears> that I'm going to start with where we're at today. Um, In our current market, we have about 1.2 months of inventory. In the real estate world, uh, how we gauge what kind of market we're in is based Mm -hmm. on if if no other homes came onto the market, how long would it take for us to be out of homes? Mm -hmm. Right now, it's 1.2 months. A Mm -hmm. balanced market is six months of inventory. Oh, wow. So what's happening right now is incredibly interesting because you are seeing, Um, especially in the Center Grove area, which is such a hot area, a lot of price reductions Mm -hmm. um, and houses sitting, you know, potentially longer. I mean, the reality is that houses are sitting 14 days. If in, you know, 20... That's longer or... Yeah, but people are like, oh, 14 (coughs) days. You know, if if a house sold in 2014, in 14 days, someone would be thrilled about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think that we're seeing just some mental and like expectation recovery from the last really about year and a half to two years uh-huh. um, where people just assumed that especially sellers, their house is going to be gone in right. 48 hours and there's going to be seven offers. And that's just not sustainable. Right. Uh-huh. We see that. We see that with inflation, not sustainable. It is correcting um, housing prices are not going to come down. I know that that's a strong (laughs) statement to make. But the reality is that if you go look back at every single recession, apart from 72 and 08, home price, home values increased through those recessions. Really? Yes. So that's another thing that is happening, is that in 08 was so detrimental. It was. For the country that people when they think recession, they think 08. Mm -hmm. That was not standard. That was like a horrible cluster of a million things that Hmm. culminated over the course of over a decade, right? That just Mm -hmm. all came to crap eventually. Um, through most recessions, you will see that home values have increased, um, about 3% because on average a recession is about 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. Then we recover on average for about nine to 10 years and those home values still increased by 3% between those 12 to 18 months of recessions. So anybody who is waiting for home prices to come down, it's not going to happen. And I know people are like, of course you're gonna say that you're a realtor, but I'm saying that because (laughs) there were so many people who didn't purchase a home because they're like, I'm not gonna pay 40K over list price. Right. When now our difference in interest rates is about three and a half to 4% from where it was, right? We Mm -hmm. were at two and a half, now we're about six, six and a half. Well, that difference on your monthly payment of that $40,000 a year and a half ago was $200 a month. The difference between your 25 and 6% interest rate is $800 a month. Wow. So there's a lot of misinformation about that. A lot of people were just scared. And I wish, I mean, I had so many clients who I did get the opportunity to sit down and have a consultation with them and to draw Mm -hmm. out. This is what it looks like is happening from the outside. And it's a very scary and intimidating thing. This is what Is actually happening and this is how I walk alongside you through it and I eliminate that fear and that worry and that stress for you Hmm. Um, if you have a good professional walking alongside you you know most people don't view like they view their financial advisor as someone who is walking alongside them Uh in life they don't view their realtor that way and (coughs) that is something that I have changed for my clients and want to continue changing is that I do so much continuing education and training i didn't just get my license and sell houses i'm working every day to see what could be better how we can do better how i can serve my clients um and a big part of that is educating people you know mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. people sorry i feel like i'm talking forever no, <laughs> you're good. so many people i hear say well we don't even know our realtor just sent it to us and we signed it that is not okay with me mm-hmm. if if you are not yeah. educated and empowered to make your own decisions. I'm not interested in making anybody's $400,000 decisions. What I am interested in is giving you the best education so that you can make the best decision for your family and feel like you have ownership of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right. Wow. True heart of a teacher right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) you've mentioned it a couple times, and I know that, you know, I mean, if we tie all the things from empathy to, you know, how you – you want to break the stigma of what uh-huh. realtors are and yeah, such. yeah. The the client journey for you is very, um, it's very high on your list as something that you innovate on and you work on. You're always, you know, tweaking that. What's difference from the Patterson Collective experience mm-hmm. versus any you know any other random? Definitely. Yeah. 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 So what does that client journey look like for you then?
2: Yeah, I've worked really hard on making the Patterson Collective luxury customer service regardless of your price range. Um, I think it is just the craziest, most selfish thing in the world that realtors will say, I don't really work with price ranges under 300,000 or I don't really Mm -hmm. work with price ranges under 500,000. Like who who are we to say that someone's dream, which could be a $250,000 house is not worth our time. Mm -hmm. That is, Not okay in my book. Um, (laughs) And so what I was seeing was a lot of people in lower price ranges not getting the customer service that they should be and then getting themselves into less than great financial investments with their home And then that perpetuates the cycle, right? Mm -hmm. That perpetuates the low-income cycle. When, as a professional, I have an opportunity to educate them in this area so that they can purchase something that is a good investment, they can hold on to it for five to seven years, and then they can, you know do a lot of things, cash out refi, they can save, they can purchase a second home, turn this into an investment property, and then they're creating generational wealth for their family when that was never an option for them before. Hmm. Um, So going the extra mile to really educate people on all of their options, um, and also every single one of my clients, regardless of their price range, again, um, gets uh, a gift at closing and then after they've been in their house for about a month i send them a handwritten note and i'm like hey moving is really stressful here's a gift card go out to dinner like with your spouse go have a date night with your spouse so i just i really try and go the extra mile and solidify myself as not just their realtor but as a real estate support if three years down the road you need a an electrician you need a plumber you need whoever uh-huh, i want uh-huh. to be that first phone call like uh-huh. i want to I want them to be able to come to me and say like we need this in regards to our house, who can you connect us to um, that is really that's really my mm-hmm. goal through that,
1: especially if you're new to the community mm-hmm. you yes. don't know the reputations of companies, and yeah, so to be definitely. that trusted partner individual of saying you know i've I've not gone down that road mm-hmm. you know yeah. who mm-hmm. who who do you trust yep that's yeah. cool
2: yeah one hundred percent
0: that's really that's cool. awesome nice
2: I think also. I'm going to throw in one more tidbit because anyone who listens to this podcast, I want them to know about this Mm -hmm. Um, is going back to just trying to be strategic with everything. Um, There is something, a new program that is like pretty exclusive, not not very many lenders offer it, but it's called a two one buy down. Um, So anyone who is looking to move in this current real estate market, because houses are sitting on the market longer, we're getting back into having an opportunity to ask sellers for closing costs.
0: So Um. say you're
2: purchasing a $300,000 home. The lender will say, okay, in order to do this 2-1 buy-down, we need um, $5,700 in closing costs from the sellers. If the sellers give you those closing costs, the lender takes that, puts it in an escrow account. So, what happens is if your interest rate on your 30 year fixed mortgage mm-hmm. is 6%, mm-hmm. for year one of your mortgage term, your monthly payment is based off an interest rate of 4%. And they pull money every single month from those seller's funds that you were given from that escrow account to make up the difference in your payment. Am I making sense here? So, for I think the so. first year of your mortgage, your payment is based at a 4% interest rate. For the second year, it's based at 5% interest rate. That's the two, one. And then it restores to your normal payment. So what that's doing Mm. is it's giving people two years to have a lowered monthly payment to wait for the economy to recover so that they can then refinance their mortgage. Hmm. Um, There's lots of strategic Hmm. things like that. If your realtor knows what they're doing, they should know about these things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just don't. Um, So that's my little... that's your little
0: plug (laughs) yes (laughs) let me ask you this you've got a lot going (laughs) on and there's a lot of different facets to that that you're trying to bring to the client experience Mm -hmm. what's been the biggest challenge for you personally to be able to i mean because this is a lot of work for one person yeah like yeah so what's been your biggest i mean you've been rocking it and obviously so what's been your biggest headache
2: um that i can't clone myself into five of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's where it's at. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yep.
2: Um, <coughs> I recently hired an assistant. Huh? And that has been really good. Um, I also am a control freak. And I struggle to give things over. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I think that has been the biggest headache of learning I mean, it's learning different leadership qualities, right? Mm-hmm. Like delegation and trusting other people and all of that good stuff. So it's a work in progress. right?
0: <laughs> uh, and it's it takes time. Yeah. I mean, especially because most business owners, the reason they start out on their own is because they are somewhat of a control freak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, so. Definitely. It's awesome that you're. We're all like, I can do this better, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes that, that growth curve is a little slower
1: than yeah. it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So aside from the numbers of you know hitting records in your first year and such, um, what um, what's been maybe one of the most unexpected wins along the way?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I think it all truly just comes from um, being able to help people accomplish their dreams and I know that buying a house is not accomplishing a dream for everyone Mm -hmm. but for some people it certainly is I have one specific client who they saved for um, they had some unfortunate uh, financial situations early in life so they had to save up a 25 percent down payment to be able to purchase a home and it took them about 30 years to do that and I cry every time I tell this story. Um, they purchased a house. It was under $200,000, uh-huh. but they'd been working towards that for 30 years. Wow. wow. And to be a part of that and to get to walk through that with them, I mean, there are no words. There are truly no words. Uh-huh.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Wow.
1: There's that empathy piece playing in right? again, right? Man.
0: <laughs> like, that's a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, it's interesting to to balance the goal oriented. I mean, you are you're driven. You're wanting to take the next steps every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, you're, you're taking more steps than you maybe have team for. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But yet there's the piece that allows you to slow down mm-hmm. and enjoy those moments with your mm-hmm. clients and
2: Yeah. Enneagram four with a strong three wing. And that is what that is. Okay. We talk about the enneagram on this podcast, right? We talk about that. We
1: don't. We've what? we've not very much no, at all. No, you guys both so. know
2: your enneagram, right?
1: I don't know that I do. No. Nope.
2: Oh, we're going to have a conversation.
1: Okay. <laughs> I have, I have uh I have two results. That are incompatible with each other?
2: That is not shocking at and
1: all. Yeah. And so I've been told I don't fit. So, yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> we'll talk of, about that. That's my We'll life talk story. about that afterwards. Oh, now, yep. com- now your therapy's coming out. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: All right. She, so, she, she got therapy at the job, but she did bring it back to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We
1: thought this was our podcast. Wait, wait a
0: minute.
1: <laughs> um, Oh, goodness. What was I going to ask? Oh, yeah. Um, so starting a business in COVID mm-hmm. and you're a little over two years, right? Mm-hmm. Did I get the timeline? Yep. Okay. Yep. So a little two years in, a little over two years in, what would you do different? If you were starting fresh again today, uh, starting off in a business, you know, you just, you rushed, you know, I mean, you nailed the the entrance exams and got your license. How would you do things differently today?
2: I would not do anything differently in regards to my personal real estate career in regards to having a team. However, um, I would, my team, uh, the agents who are on my team, I'm helping them grow their personal real estate businesses. They don't do anything for me. They don't, you know, show my clients houses or work with my buyers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm purely investing in them. Um, Because my mentality with that was I want to put them at the forefront and I want to help them build their businesses for them to then do whatever they want to do with (laughs) with their lives and with their own personal business goals. Mm -hmm. Um, I laugh now because I remember when I was starting my team and I think back to when I would tell other high producing agents that and they'd be like, oh. That's cute. That's yeah. <laughs> and they knew. They knew. I mean, the, the reality is that that model just adds so much more to my plate and it's not sustainable that I would have brought people on who solely were there to support me. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times you'll see agents um, only <coughs> do listings and then they bring on buyers agents because that's what takes up like the nights and the weekends and all of that stuff. Right. I don't know if I would necessarily do that because I, I love working with buyers. I love going mm-hmm. and looking at houses like I genuinely enjoy it. Hmm. Um So I don't know if I would do that, but I would make the team function a little bit more around me. I think I don't love saying that as much, but the reality is that I think, if I have 10 people that I'm trying to help them grow their own careers, that's just not sustainable. Yeah.
1: Right. Yep. Right. So, so how um, you mentioned that you hired an assistant, but Mm -hmm. how big is your team?
2: So I have two agents under me and then I have my assistant. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Outside of real estate, what are critical resources and tools that keep you on track in life? Um, because I mean, there's always real estate specific tools, but right. you know mm-hmm. what? What do you what do you depend on
2: to keep me organized
1: or to keep you sane? Either direction.
2: <laughs> so I'll start with the organizational piece. I have a planner that is my everything. It's on paper. I'm not an electronic planner person. I just can't do it. Um, and then, have you guys heard of the Full Focus Planner?
1: Yes. Okay, I use yeah. the
2: Full Focus Planner every day. It essentially is a planner that um, it's only for the quarter. So if you're going to use it all year, you have to get four of them. But it allows you to map out all of your goals for your quarter. And then it gives you a top three every day of things mm-hmm. that are getting you closer to those quarterly goals. Mm-hmm. Um, things that keep me sane. Oh my gosh. Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Selling <That's> Sunset. <laughs> Keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> the guilty pleasures, the yeah. guilty pleasures, yeah, totally. And my my husband Logan is truly th- the best, and he keeps me sane. We are very different. We're very similar, but very different. Um, so he really keeps me sane. Yeah. 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 Cool.
1: Very That's cool. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about how to get in touch with you if you've. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's somebody interested in getting into real estate, or, or just yeah. they you just want to, the they need help with a house, buying, yeah. and selling, either way. Yeah,
2: and how I, do we find you? I truly would love to talk to you. There's, I feel like everyone in the world has considered doing real estate at some mm-hmm. point, so I'm happy to to sit down with anyone who is interested in that. But my uh, Instagram is Rachel Patterson with two N's underscore, um, or you can email me at rachel r a c h e l at thepattersoncollective.com. Okay. Yep. Those so Instagram or email. Yep. Perfect. Yep.
1: Perfect. Very good stuff. Any last little tidbit you'd want to leave for everybody? Because we've got like, you know, 20 million people listening. I think
2: it is. Sure. Too. Yeah. I think that was definitely. the latest count. Definitely. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think my biggest thing is that so many people, when it comes to their real estate choices, they like work with their sister's cousin or like their friend's brother who sold three houses in a year Mm -hmm. and it's like huh yeah and it's like would you again going back to anything else would you go to a doctor because it's like your sister's cousin that Mm -hmm. they do this like when in their free time or what about your financial (laughs) advisor like your real estate investment is, for most people, the biggest purchase right. in their life. That's
1: your life exactly yeah. right. Why 100%. are you
2: not, one, interviewing people? I want to let people know you can interview real estate agents. You mm-hmm. can have three real estate agents, five, ten, whatever, come to your house, you can interview us, and mm-hmm. you can select who you want to based off of that. I would just really encourage people to make sure who you're using is a professional, and like I said, not just some rando, because the amount of times that I've had to go in to save the day when it could have just been done well from the beginning. Right. I'd, yeah. That's gotcha. my, that's my tidbit. That's, that's my great. closing tidbit. Interview
1: your real estate agent. Yes. yes. There you go.
2: Yeah.
0: All right.
1: Well, Rachel, thank you for joining us. Thank yes. you Thanks guys. This, yeah. is fun. this has been a blast. Thank yes. you for joining us. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back here in just a moment.
0: Sounds okay? good. Jason, that was awesome. She is, She. I love her, her ability to want to teach and educate and bring people's dreams to, to, to fruition. Yeah.
1: Like, I love the attitude of it doesn't matter how much you want to spend. Right. I want to work with you
0: because I want to see your dreams come true. Right. And I want to walk you through like this process no matter where your number is. Right. And it's not going to change because you have a more expensive home. It's not going to change because you'll have a less expensive home. It just, it is what it is. You're still gonna buy a house.
1: Right, yeah, so many, I'm just gonna generalize realtors, I guess, because I know so many, right? (laughs) 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 That, you know, like she was kind of alluding to is that some just look at the cost of the home as the defining factor. Right. And she's seeing this as, this is your biggest investment. Right. I mean, you're not going to buy a car worth more, you right. know, you're not, right. unless you're buying businesses maybe, or, right. you know, this is your prime, this is where your kids learn to walk. Right. You know, this is where, you know, you hold your graduation parties for your kids. You know, mm-hmm. this is, um, you know, this is the big linchpin of your family. And mm-hmm. so I wanted, I just want to journey with you through that. Right. That's the deciding factor and that's
0: cool. And I totally appreciate from her perspective, the frustration that comes with so many people try to use the friend of whoever da da da, da <laughs> right to try, try right. to to try to deal with this when if you put it in perspective of the idea that it is your biggest purchase then you really need to make sure that this person you trust and has the ability and the knowledge to get done what you want them to get done right right because it's not as simple as here just sign here it's yeah. not like going to Carvana and going, hey, we don't haggle on our price. Like, we just <laughs> – you either get the pink one or the blue one. Like, you just tell us which one you want. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's just – it's not the same. And it's so much more money than a car. Yeah. It's yeah. So much more money. Yeah. I
1: don't, I'd don't. i like to see a vending machine for homes, though. That would right. be interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, with the prices going up, like, they have a Skyrocketed. Yeah. I mean, it's just – like uh, even cars have got more expensive. I get it, but relationally, like or, or not relationally, but um, the ratio between the the cost of <laughs> a home versus the cost of a car is just so much different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I'm I'm sure most people like yourself that don't purchase a lot of homes, then and you just want to stay in your house, like. All the more reason why you want to make sure you have a professional working with you so that you know what you're getting into. Right. Because it's kind of scary to go from a $100,000 house to a $200,000 house. Yeah. Or, a, or even a low $50,000 house to a $250,000 mm-hmm. house. I mean, just to, wherever you're at, it right. doesn't matter. It's going to be a jump. Right.
1: Well, I love that we're seeing a trend in our young professionals who are um, passionate about... The journey of the client,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. I mean, if, if leading and serving is about fighting for the highest good of those you serve, right? The people we serve are our clients too, right? You know, not That's just exactly our teams, that. and you know, and so they are, you know, like Rachel are fighting for the highest good of those they serve, right? And that that is becoming more the deciding factor for young professionals. Um, I, I just I. I feel like we're seeing and feeling that trend in a lot of the people we talk to here in the community Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm grateful for that.
0: Right. It's very good. Yeah, it is very good and and at some level like it's healthy. Yeah. It it sounds crazy but like that's what I keep searching for is like the healthy I mean we're all searching for a healthy balance of life. We're all searching with healthy other business owners to connect Mm -hmm. ourselves with and people that are trying to do things well. Right. Right. And I think she's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, especially for being in it for 2 years. Like,
1: I know. I mean, she definitely There was kind of a maturity or an experience level going I, was, I had to keep reminding myself, no, it's just been 2 years.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's she's really, really dug deep. She's yeah, yeah, she's done she's gone very far very quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool. So, well guys, thanks for jumping in and listening today. Yeah. And if you're still following to the end, I mean, the best thing you I mean, if you love leading a serving as mm-hmm. a podcast and it's something that you're following, Um, let us know about it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can shoot us an email at podcast at exonimo.solutions. Uh, emails in the, um, emails in the show notes. Yep. Um, but you know, do us a favor, give us a review, like comment, let us subscribe. Yes. Share it with a friend. Thanks for uh, (laughs) listening. I mean, I, um, I was in a group this morning that was like, Oh, you guys need to listen to the, um, the episode with trail Kelly, the principal at uh, pleasant Grove. Right. about a, I don't know what, 10, 12 episodes ago, I think it was now. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's like, that would be excellent. And he's sharing it with somebody else in the room. And I'm like, oh, that, that was our episode. Right. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, it took me a minute to figure that one out. But right. um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, share the joy, share the joy. Yes, so, please do. But uh, thanks for listening in and uh, we will see you next time. Just keep fighting for the highest good of others.